and accept that your body just can't keep up with the mind sometimes and detach yourself from the outcome in that your self-worth is not tied to the outcome of losing the weight. Your self-worth is not tied to your ability to go to the gym. Welcome to the Tomination Time podcast. I normally stream diet and fitness on Twitch with my waifu, Helen. These podcasts will be edited portions of the stream. We'll go over diet, fitness, motivation, ergonomics, and more. Don't forget to follow us on twitch.tv slash time and leave your notifications on for when we go live. We have today an interview with Bucks Bunny, one of our community members. So welcome, Bucks. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'm really happy to be on here. Yeah, it's great. It's great seeing that handsome face finally. Finally put a voice to that handsome face. So yeah. uh, what do you want to talk about today? So I think part of the reason why I came on here is because one thing is that I I love going to the gym. And obviously, obviously, it's something that I really enjoy. And I've been really motivated to go to the gym and just like work out. But one thing that's kind of been troubling me is that I really don't know how, how to take a break. I feel like I always have to do more and more and more in the gym. And I feel like if I take a break, that's just going to be like time wasted. That could have been geared towards the gym. And sometimes when I do like a lot, my body starts to not break down, but like certain days where I just overexert myself. I get really tired, and when that happens, I can't do anything the next day because I do too much, and my body's just like, nope, you gotta, you gotta take a break. And so, I don't know. I can't really take a break. I just have to do more. Why do you have to do more? Uh, I feel like I, I feel like I have to do more because I don't want to. I guess fall behind and I kind of I guess I kind of have certain expectations of myself a little bit what are your expectations I should in terms of weightlifting anything I feel like I have to do well in order to just and I have to do well in order to like meet my goals. And just for um, completion's sake, can we hear what your uh, goals are? Um, so currently I'm trying to slim down. There is no like set weight that I want to hit. I I've already hit my set um my goal weight, which is 175. And I'm maintaining that weight. So that's a goal that I hit and I'm really happy. But right now I'm just like trying to slim down. There's no like weight goal. But and I've definitely been able to see like a lot of progress when I when I like when I'm trying to slim down. I feel like this this has been like the slimmest I've ever been. Cause I, before I used to be around two twenty and now going from two twenty to one seventy five is such just such a huge accomplishment for me. Something that I've never done before. First of all, congrats. 
like losing the weight, hitting Thank you. brand new, like, you know, first time never being able to slim down to this. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But one thing I want to ask more about is uh, this theme of time wasted, falling behind. Um, when did you start feeling like you can't waste time? When did you start feeling like you can't fall behind? I would definitely say probably around like high school because I went to a really, really competitive high school. Everyone had extracurricular activities. Everyone took AP exams. Everyone had tutors. Everyone was like playing a sport. And so if like that put a lot of pressure on me to do well because the average person in my high school would like have straight A's. Well, I wouldn't say the average person, but the average people that I would hang around would have straight A's. So it feels like I kind of need to keep up with like the my environment in order to like stand out to colleges, if that makes sense. Where did that pressure come from, the pressure to keep up? Um, pressure to keep up. I guess a lot of people in my school, they compared each other to other people and I kind of fell into that like you would hear someone say someone get like a hundred percent you're like oh wow this person's smart and like everyone is like trying to do well and especially me coming from a East Asian household I feel like I have to do everything perfectly how did that make you feel hearing about, you know, friends getting 100%? Well, during that time, I'm like, wow, that's that's really impressive. And it's like, okay, if that person can do it, then I can definitely do it. And so when I would like go back home, I would just study until like two in the morning. Did you feel like you were falling behind whenever you heard um, they were getting 100%? Um, yeah, a little bit. If I, had, I had good grades, but I've always felt like I had to do more than just like do like do better than what I've already been doing because I felt like what I've been doing wasn't un enough so I feel like I had to like kind of overcompensate in order to just to stand out I think for a second yeah go ahead Did you feel like you were falling behind before high school? Before high school? No, not at all. Okay. Was it just, uh, I'm just curious. Um, was it just with your classmates that you felt, you know, the pressure in high school or did it come from any other sources? Do you mind if I think about yeah. that for yeah, a yeah. second? Of course. No, 
No, I don't think so. I think it was mainly from school and like comparing to other classmates. I get the sense that it is like a never ending hamster wheel of comparisons where it's just it's always you got to keep running on this hamster wheel and it's just never good enough. Always going to be um, having to keep going. Someone else always going to be doing better and all those comparisons yeah. seem like they're never ending. Yeah. Does that resonate it's at all? Really? Yeah, it does. Especially in high school, people always doing so well. You have to keep up and like you, and then the next day you hear like, Oh, so-and-so got into Harvard and you're like, okay, wow. How am I going to keep compete with that? You know, how did you feel hearing other people getting into Harvard? I really thought it was impressive. I didn't get into an Ivy League school. I tried my best to. So it definitely kind of hurt because I put so much effort into getting, like, trying to go into a good school, but, like, it didn't happen. What hurt about that? Um, it hurt because I put so much time and effort into, like, doing well in high school and that me getting rejected is like, no, you're not good enough. Have you felt not good enough before prior to high school? Prior to high school? Um, I mean, there's this one instance that I remember in high school where I, kind of, I felt that. Like, uh, my chemistry teacher, he... So I went in for help, right? And I asked him help for a, a certain chemistry problem. And, that, like, he taught me how to do the that particular problem. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he made a remark saying, like, oh, you should have been able to do this. Like, what's wrong? Like, you know, it, this this kind of problem is easy. And I'm like... Wow. Okay, that that kind of hurt. Wait. So you went into him like privately after like you know like office hours kind of thing when no one else is around. You asked him for help. Yeah. He gave you the help, but then he was like, "Bro, you should have been able to do this." Yeah. It's yeah. like he was like, "This this isn't that hard." Like you know. How did that make you feel? Oh, I remember. It, it made me like, kind of like. I guess not n nervous, but like a little bit upset because like I I realized like that problem was like, okay, it's on the easier side. So I kind of got frustrated with myself for not being able to solve the problem. For not being good enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bucks, are you good enough? Now? Or before no. or now? Yeah, I I definitely do think that I am. Can you help me understand what's different now versus back then? Uh, what's different now is that I definitely think that I have to attribute like my kind of like more 
optimistic view of life to my friends and like the people around me because I've learned a lot about like different people like and like what other people go through and so having those kinds of friends like they really value our friendship and I value our friendship and they showed me a lot about uh taught me a lot about self-worth and I definitely think I have that now than I when compared to like in high school. Can you tell me more about your self-worth? Uh, like what I learned? Yeah. So like what I learned is that a lot, like a lot of my friends in high school, looking back at it now, I can definitely see that like a lot of people would compare each other to other people in terms of grades, grade point average, like their SAT scores. And I got caught up in that too. But it wasn't until I got into college where I met like so many different people from like so many different backgrounds that their grades, their SAT scores really didn't matter. And I kind of valued that and over like what other people's grades were. Because a lot of people have, like, a lot of different stories and, like, beliefs that you can learn from that aren't just solely based on grades and, like, SAT scores, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> bringing it back to feeling the need to push hard at the gym, because um, that's what this is. Or the original question is about that. And we got some, you know, fun side tangents learning about you. And, yeah. uh so let me bring it back to this. Why do you feel like you have to do more at the gym? Because I I don't want to fall behind. Because if I take a week off, then that's just wasted time and progress or that time could have been used to make progress. And if I don't use that time properly, then I'm not going to hit my goal. How do you feel about the idea of wasting time taking a week off from the gym? Uh, feels kind of rough. That's something that I don't want to do. And it makes me feel awful inside and I could just, I don't know. I can feel my body just getting in bad shape if I don't do anything about it, you know? It, so I, like after, good. after like a day or two of not working out, I just feel like, okay, what am I doing? It's just like my body feels awful and my, my brain's like, okay, you have to go to the gym. Let's let's step back from the body feeling awful. Let's rewind before the body feels awful. You um you said that you don't want to miss the gym because if you do, you feel like you're falling behind, right? You have some yeah. it feels rough. I, I want to zoom in on that rough, not what happens after the feeling rough, but before that. Like I want to understand you. Tell me more about this feeling rough. Feeling rough. I th I think 
before I lost all this weight, I definitely really felt terrible about myself. Just looking at myself in the mirror, like, wow, like, you're big, you need to lose all this weight. And, like, I, like, I wanted to, like, get rid of all this weight really fast. And so it's, like, during that time where I weighed, like, two, 220 pounds, I just felt awful. Like, I could just feel, like, all the fat on me. It just felt like a terrible feeling. Can you tell me more about that terrible feeling? Um, like during that time, I definitely didn't feel confident in myself whatsoever. And like seeing other people like being fit and like having six pack abs and that comparison really deteriorated my self-worth. And I'm just like, I have to do something about it. And that's when I kind of started to take the gym more seriously. I want to ask you something. That feeling of deteriorating self-worth, uh, you know, the comparisons, does that negative feeling match the same type of feeling that you felt in high school, comparing yourself to other friends, hearing that they got into Harvard, stuff like that? Yeah, it definitely felt very similar in that way. Yeah, it, it definitely feels very similar. Because what I'm trying to what I'm trying to suss out is a lot of times we have um, these negative emotions that we feel today have a genesis, a point where they started, usually in our younger developing years. And the hypothesis I'm forming here is in high school, you learned to compare yourself. You learned that to identify your self-worth through these comparisons uh, and that you had to do more. You started like this, this idea of falling behind and wasting time started then. And that I'm, I'm not getting the sense that it happened. It started before that. It was just in high school. That's when you started getting the sense of I'm falling behind. I can't let myself fall behind driving you forward. It gets results. No doubt. Right. I mean, you've lost, yeah. um, you know, 40 plus pounds, right. If I'm doing the math, right. Um, it gets the results. Sometimes it's at the cost of damage to ourselves to drive ourselves forward to uh, get these results. And I, I, I hypothesize there's the that behavior is probably still carrying forward right now to you wanting to lose weight. That is, you use the negative emotions of looking at yourself in the mirror and you compare yourself and you use that to propel yourself forward. What do you think about all that? Yeah, that definitely does kind of feel like that resonates with me. One thing that I don't do now is compare myself to others, but rather I compare myself to my own self. So if like yesterday I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, okay, I look good. But n now when I look at myself in the mirror today and I don't look good, I'm I'm going to have that feeling like, okay, you you don't look good. Let's go to the gym and just start working out. When you don't feel good and you look at yourself in the mirror after like a day of not working out, do you feel so bad that you're basically going back to the same spot before, the same negative emotions of not good enough, falling behind, and uh, you... 
Let me think for a second. You basically whip yourself. Yeah, Are you basically whipping yourself back, back into the gym to not feel like yeah. how you did before, right? Yeah. So here's the here's the damning thing because I know some people listening to this might be thinking like, isn't that a good thing? Um, yes, the results are good that it's getting you to go to the gym but the unintended consequences is this being fueled by negative emotions i think uh has a a decent chance of of lasting damage um i was trying to come up with a a good gaming analogy for this before but i uh i have a hard time with this can you think of it because i I know you play games right bucks um, yeah, yeah. Do you know of any games that do like self damage as like a skill tree? You like you spec into it and then you do self damage as a result of doing more damage. Um, in like League of Legends, there's like some characters that do self damage in order to deal damage. Okay, like who? Can you tell me about one of them? Uh, there's a character named Vladimir. Essentially, I don't know what kind of person he is, but he loses health in order to use an ability to deal damage basically yeah it's so uh, that that type of um i think negative emotions we're basically dealing damage at the cost of our own health we're we're achieving our objectives but uh it's definitely it could be considered unnecessary damage is what i'm getting at so yeah um Self-worth. I'm noticing a discrepancy here. You're saying you you feel good enough, right? Mm -hmm. But in those moments when you don't go to the gym for a couple of days and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're feeling those negative emotions, are you good enough? Yeah, but I can kind of feel that like past self when i don't feel good if that makes sense yeah can you help me understand that some more so it's like i made so much progress and i don't want to go back to that feeling and that feeling of like me being big and not unhealthy just something that i didn't like about myself and so whenever like I don't feel good by missing out on like a gym session, that feeling it's like the same feeling. And it kind of reminds me of like my past self being at 220 and, and like I look at that, I'm like, oh no, I don't want to go there again, you know. Yeah. So here's here's like the healthy way, in my opinion, to walk this line. Beating yourself up and being fueled by negative emotions causes damage it's it's just self damaging it gets results but you're going to hurt yourself in the process the um cuz a lot of this time i was spending trying to suss out how you uh feel about yourself and the self worth and i'm getting that sense that uh you do have echoes from the past bringing up your self worth the comparison even though you're not comparing to anybody anymore originally you did with the high school stuff with the six pack stuff and now it's comparing against your past self, comparing against your past self to use it as um, like, let's just say you're using it scientifically like, oh, OK, this is how I used to look. I want to move this direction. Um, there's there's no emotions there. There's detachment. It's fine to do that. But the problem is I, I'm what I'm hearing is you're using it as a weapon to whip yourself and beat yourself up. 
and to feel yourself. And I think that is kind of uh, the long lasting issue. This, this is the problem that we have to zero in on because it's causing lasting damage in a sense, right? Because you mentioned you were, you're basically exerting yourself to the point where you're doing too much. You're too tired, overexerted, right? Yeah. I, I noticed your, um, your, your face was wincing a little bit as I was mentioning that. What were you thinking about? Um, well, I was, I was thinking about like a, a certain time. This is this is kind of like related to this, but like a certain time, I would say like uh, this even happened like a month ago where I I've I played basketball with friends for an hour and a half. Then after that, I would I would I still wanted to go to the gym, and I went to the gym. I worked out for another hour and a half. Then after that, <laughs> I came back home and I played basketball again for another hour. And after that. I was just so exhausted. So I'm curious. I lo- thank you for that story. I, I love hearing stories like that. Uh, what was going through your mind or what were you feeling that made you keep going? Um, well, me not skipping out on the gym. I think is kind of fueled by that feeling of like that disgust of my past self, but also for the basketball, I've uh, started to get into basketball recently. So this is mainly on me that like, I want to get better at basketball. So yeah, that the basketball part is just mainly on my part. Like I actually wanted to do it. It wasn't fueled by anything else. But the gym part, yeah, I think that was definitely kind of fueled by like the disgust from my past self. Let me ask you something, um, Bucks. Do you do you fear death? Uh, I don't. The thought of it, yes, but if I were to come face to it. I would, I would, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay, it's it's a weird, strange question. Let me let me rephrase it. Because I that's something I don't really think about, so I don't know how to feel about it. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird question. Let me let me rephrase it. Um, do you try to get the most out of life? Uh, what do you mean by that? Let me try to rephrase it a different way because I basically I'm probing right now. I'm trying to see if any of this like resonates with you. Do you fear dying one day having not done enough? Do you fear dying one day with a to do list being uh, unfinished? Mm, Can I think about this? Yeah, yeah, of course. not particularly okay i mean that's 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 fine I, i'm trying to see if certain aspects resonate you because some people are driven by this fear of never doing enough and overpacking their life to the point where they're like you know breaking down uh sometimes that that happens too and I, i'm not getting that sense from you i just was just probing around to see uh what's what's there so 
Uh, overall, I, I think a lot of this, the way forward, in my mind, is um, you're going to have to kind of balance and tackle this. I think you've already made a lot of great progress by recognizing your self-worth, recognizing the comparison habits, um, and really moving towards recognizing the feeling, the whipping yourself, the uh, comparisons, the, those negative feelings of the comparisons, recognizing that as it's happening and trying to balance that with the feeling of self-worth, that you are good enough. What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely do think I need to make progress on that part because obviously I still have that like feeling of disgust and that me skipping out on the gym kind of definitely reminds me of that feeling. So I definitely need to work on that end of the... Yeah, I definitely need to work on that part of the of certain problems, I guess. I had, you know, I just thought of something else, actually. When you were overweight at 220 pounds, did you feel like you you didn't do enough and or you lost out on life, anything like that? I definitely felt like at first, whenever, like when I was trying to go on my like weight loss journey, I definitely feel like I wasn't doing enough in the gym because like I saw like very little like weight loss. So I'm like, I'm not doing enough. I, I need to do more, you know? So that kind of like, I guess, is another aspect to it where I didn't see any like, progress whatsoever so i felt like okay i I just need to do more and more and more i want to talk about the progress stuff i want to get some practical help towards the end to talk about uh progress uh expectations tracking that kind of stuff so i do want to get to that like you know like we're we're doing a lot of you know emotional psychological exploration here um and and so towards the end let's i want to make a note to myself to talk about progress expectations but um i think one of the roads forward for you is going to be acceptance that you you have to accept a lack of progress you have to accept plateauing and accept that your body just can't keep up with the mind sometimes and detach yourself from the outcome in that your self-worth is not tied to the outcome of losing the weight. Your self-worth is not tied to your ability to go to the gym. Uh, what do you think about that? No, that, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It makes sense, but how do you feel about that? I don't know where to begin or how to do that exactly. Okay. I, I I was just curious if any part of you was rejecting that because sometimes people hear that they're like, if how am I gonna make progress if I you know cut out the one thing that drove me forward, and and my simple answer to that is you can still do on paper practically the same stuff that you're doing. Obviously, you have to kind of um, dial back on the training a little bit and listen to your body if you're just you're training too hard, um, but you could still do the same things of pushing hard. It's just the real goal is to 
except that if you don't achieve some of these outcomes that you're going for, that's okay. If you have to take breaks sometimes, that's okay. And accepting yourself uh, and your self-worth, realizing that these things don't define you, that is okay. And also, like that's part of the battle. Like that's the acceptance part. The other part is noticing where this comes from, being that all of these past patterns of comparison, that feeling, where does it come from? And it's coming from that one time where your friends got into Harvard or your experiences in high school where other friends were getting straight A's and getting 100% and you weren't. And um, really recognizing that it's a part of your mind. The machinery in your brain is kicking off these programs, making you think that. And that self-worth aspect is really like just noticing it and staring it down like, oh, it's doing it again. Not necessarily judging, not necessarily beating yourself up or because like that's another issue too. People beat themselves up when they do this. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, it's like popping up a new program that you have to squash yeah. and playing whack-a-mole there. But um, I think notice it and then go back to the work that you've already done on the self-worth that it's okay and just accept it that you're you're going to be fine. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of um, the the emotions aspect of this, beating yourself up, things like that? Yeah, there's not too much. I was trying to think of something. I, I was thinking of something, but I forgot. No worries. If it comes up later, let me know. Um, okay. So let's let's talk about, you know, some practical stuff now about your goals, uh, progress, expectations. So um, and how your body is breaking down. Can you tell me more about like how you're feeling exhausted and you're like, what's your body doing when you're overexerted? I definitely feel really sore and even like trying to move my arm. Or like just moving in general when I, whenever I overexert myself just feels awful. It's like my body is literally telling me to just rest and recover and just to chill out. But what do you end up doing? <laughs> I play basketball, go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> on, on a very practical note, like, as you start moving and going to play basketball, do things get better or does it get worse? Um, at first, it feels like a little bit like I do feel tired. But once I start to like get into it, that doesn't like cross my mind. It's just like that soreness, that like pain and like tiredness is just out of my body, it feels like. But then afterwards after I'm done working out or after I'm done playing basketball, it comes back. Does it come back worse? Uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. So are, are you, are you breaking yourself down over the course of weeks to the point where you are so broken that you get to the point where you just literally cannot work out for some reason and you just have to take off a week? Um, you, it, it's usually not a whole week, but just on like a particular day where I just want to do more. And after that day, day, the next day, I just have to rest. I can't do anything else. 
how is that day where you have to rest and you can't do anything else? How's that day different than the other days where you just push through it and go play basketball? That day, I I can actually feel my body just not functioning properly, and that that doesn't feel good, and it feels <laughs> like I was gonna like I don't know break down, and at that time. I physically can't lift and I physically can't just play basketball. No matter how hard I try, it's just like too much. Can you tell me like what, what, what gates you? Like, do you have a joint problem? Your muscles are cramping. What's, what's stopping you? Yeah. Um, muscles do cramp. My muscles do get sore a lot after, during that day of rest. And I can feel my joints start to ache a little bit. It's not too severe, but it's like my joints are feeling something. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to just general recovery, there's a couple of things I want to uh, point out, which is paying attention to the big picture. Are you trending better or trending worse is really important to see if you're uh, recovering enough. And in your case, it sounds like you're trending worse where you push yourself so hard that you eventually just collapse and you physically can't do more. Yeah, that's a sign of, yeah, you're under-recovered. Because if you just did, like, let's say you did a um, really good upper body day, and the next day you wake up, you're really sore and tired, and you want to rest, but you go play basketball, and you kind of walk it off, and you feel fine, and then your performance in general is not that hindered in either basketball or weightlifting, that could be okay, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that gets really yeah. tough to tease apart, um, because sometimes, like, the human body really is capable of amazing things where we can really push hard. But to me, the red flags are um, if you have any joint problems and things are trending worse in the big picture and not trending better. And um, and also if you're fueled by negative emotion so that you are kind of fueled by negative emotion. And even when you push through it, sometimes you're OK, sometimes you're not. And so it it starts to uh, bite you. It starts to bite you back. So. Yeah, I, I do think you are probably pushing a little bit too hard, which then brings me to um, the goals. Uh, what are your goals over the next few weeks, few months, few years, stuff of that nature? Because we got to start trimming back what you cannot, like what's optional and what is a must have. Uh, so currently my goal is to just slim down where I can, I guess, try to get six pack abs i'm i i feel like this is the closest i i've ever been i i can see like a little outline of my abs nice so i i feel like i'm definitely close and then after that i'm not i'm i'm most likely gonna try to maintain that if possible see the lighting just right and then you can see like the upper abs starting to poke through right yeah 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 i'm starting to see that yeah, buddy. That's how it starts. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you want to lose weight. Um, what about, you want to get that six-pack abs, okay? What about strength? What about basketball? How does that fit in there? Uh, in terms of strength, I, I'm fine at where I'm at in terms of strength. Obviously, I would like to become stronger, but if if my strength is uh stays where it's at right now while i'm losing weight i'm completely fine with that uh there may be a point where i may want to focus on strength more after i slim down 
but as of now, strength is not a huge concern. Okay. That's good to know because a lot of times people forget that you can't have it all. You got to kind of prioritize things, especially, um, you know, you have to kind of like take your turn on cutting versus bulking and so forth. Sorry, I I interrupted. You were uh, about to go. Uh, And in terms of basketball, that I'm just trying to learn more about playing basketball, like new techniques and stuff like that, new moves, uh, having a better jump shot, like being able to do proper layups and stuff like that. So it's nothing, I guess, too serious. I I just have fun with basketball and with friends. So that, in terms of basketball, that's just mainly for fun. And I just want to get decently good at it. Nothing too, like, extreme. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you get some skill acquisition at it, um, and you're having fun. Just one of those things of just self-improvement and being able to socialize with friends, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, what are you currently doing for your workouts? Just, you know, roughly speaking, you know, in, in a week, what do you do for lifting, volume, how many reps and sets, that kind of stuff? Um, I, f- so for the first, um, okay, let's just say that today is my first gym day of the week, right? So the first gym day is typically deadlifts and overhead press and accessory workouts. For deadlifts, I kind of go somewhat intense. I go for like either a three by three, four by three, or three by four. At I'm not sure what percent of my one rep max, but the weight that I do for deadlifts is currently at three thirty-five for a three by three or a three by four. Uh overhead press I do Hold on, I'm trying to think. I'm blanking out. That's like approximately fine, one, too. Oh, for overhead press, I do 155 for a 3x3 or 4x3. And so that's the first day. Next day, I I do squat and bench. Squat, I do about like two, 295 for 3x3 three three or 4x3. Bench, I do two, two thirty-five, two forty for three by three or four by three, something like that. And then after that, I do accessories. And then the next day is rest day for me. And then after that rest day, it's just um, I I repeat again. Okay, so um, let me repeat back what I'm hearing. You're basically doing four days a week. And you're doing a mix of compound lifts first at the beginning of the lifts, uh, at the beginning of the day, either like deadlift, overhead press, bench, or squat. Those are your main compounds. And you do some accessories afterwards. Does that sound about right? Does that summarize it? Yeah. Yeah. So for the accessories, what, um, just a quick rundown of roughly how many sets do you do of accessories per of those, for each of those days after your compounds are done? Uh, Normally, like a three by eight, four by eight, or a three by ten. That's like the normal rev scheme of my accessories. 
And how many extra exercises, how many accessory exercises do you do after your compound lifts? Uh, let me think about that. <laughs> Depending on time, I do anywhere from like three to five, three to six. Accessory lifts. So let me make sure I understand this. So on a like Monday, you would do three sets, four sets of deadlift, three or four sets of overhead press. If you do three to six exercises of accessories after that, where each one of those exercises you're doing three or four sets? Normally it's three. Four, I, I don't go to four. Most okay, so time, so to just spell it out. Like some days you're doing up to six exercises, three sets each on, of accessory on top of your compound lifts. So a total of like 22 sets, 24 sets, somewhere around there in a day. If you add up all the sets um, for all the exercises. Well, I, I did say depending on time. So depending mm -hmm. on time, um, normally I... I don't get to six or even five. I get to three or four. Okay. Okay. Um, most right. of the time. Most of the time. I just want to make sure I have an accurate picture of how much volume you're doing because here's, here's what I would suggest for you. The goal is to lose weight, basically cut. You want to do a cut, uh, preserve muscle, lose fat, and you got to sacrifice some stuff. Volume is usually one of the first things to go reps and sets. So strength, you've already, I think you've already come to a place of acceptance that strength is probably not going to increase, might decrease. So deadlifting heavy and squatting heavy in a deficit can be very taxing on the body and for recovery. So a couple of uh, suggestions here. One is you might want to consider doing uh, back offsets. So you do one heavy set for deadlifts or squats, and then the next two or three sets afterward um, are at a lighter weight. And, you know, when I say lighter weight, I mean, perhaps you cut the intensity by 5%, 10%, 20%, or whatever the weight is by 5, 10, 20%, and see how that feels for recovery. Because to keep, preserve the muscle, you could preserve the muscle with much less training volume. You just got to keep the intensity high. So keep lifting heavy. One back, one um, top set and then a couple back offsets could do the trick to help balance the recovery. Same with the accessories. I would consider start to chop out accessories to just minimal accessories for whatever muscle groups. Hit all the main muscle groups you care about. Um, and then start cutting down accessories wherever you can. See what that does for your recovery. Like start, like be, be a scientist about this. I, I really recommend the outlook of being a scientist when it comes to your performance and your um, recovery, your results, because scientists in um the way i view it is i am detached from the outcome it is not me i'm in a lab doing a scientific experiment yeah it's my body but i am changing the doses i like the real me i am detached from my body in that i'm in a lab and i'm just like titrating things up and down titrating up the volume the dosage of the exercise the activity and see what the results are oh okay i'm i'm probably under recovered so i need to dial back the volume increase sleep that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, I'm not losing weight at the rate I would expect. Okay, let's dial up the activity, decrease the calories, and see what the results get us. 
no negative emotions, no um, whipping myself if, if I um, didn't achieve what I was hoping to achieve. That's just not there in my mind. I'm just like, okay, all right, well, let's go back to the drawing board and let's, let's experiment some more. And so this is the kind of self-experimentation you might want to do with your training volume. You're a young guy. You're like, what were you like? You're 20, right? So yeah, 20. recovery probably through the roof. You're, that's why um, for those wondering, uh, his volume may sound insane, but he's also 20. And when you're 20, your volume, your recovery can be through the roof. So um, you may be able to ride this way better than I could because I would not be. I'm 35. I would be so broken trying to do what you're doing. And so um, at the end of the day, this is kind of the balance that you have to you're, you're going to have to figure out your bucket, your stress cup can only have so much. If it starts to overflow, you're going to be breaking down in a very similar way of what you're seeing where you just can't get up. You can't move. So the goal is start like yeah. you know, emptying the bucket of things that you just don't need. Things you don't need would be um, switching over to back offsets to reduce the intensity and volume, uh, reducing some accessory work. And then for the basketball, uh, it sounds to me like the basketball is pretty important to you to keep in there. Um, what's kind of like your minimum requirement for days per week and amount of time you spend doing basketball? Uh, Typically, I just play basketball for like one hour is the average. And how many days per week? Um, If it's with friends, probably one or two days a week. But if it's just by myself, it's normally on my rest days, even though I should be resting. <laughs> but um, yeah, either on rest days or on days where I don't feel bad so basketball can, be, can basically be your form of cardio there's a lot like steady state cardio or hit cardio depending on yeah. how you're treating it and so um it, it can be okay like you're not doing extra cardio outside of this right no just basketball yeah so f from the goal of trying to lose weight this is your cardio and this is an extra calorie burn um and it is not it could still fit in there. Even on your rest days, you could still make it work, especially because your recovery is um, probably extra good right now being 20. So it's going to come down to you're going to have to do some self-experimentation with, you know, dialing back volume here and there, dialing back the basketball. It's seeing how you feel. Um, there's no clear, easy answer for this other than just some of the parameters that I gave to make this fit for your goals, for your cut. Um, keep losing the weight keeping in some skill acquisition and practicing for, for basketball, socializing with your friends. Um, and again, having that detached outlook that this is, this is not the real you, this is not your self-worth. This is, this is you doing some experiments, you know, having some fun, trying to uh, prog progress forward, but not beating yourself up with that shame and whatnot. So um, what do you think about all that? Do you have any uh, questions, comments, thoughts? Um, one thing that I wanted, another thing that I do want to talk about is sometimes like even after like a intense set, like lifting session, I'm not sure if it's because I'm young, but like the day after I feel completely fine. So it's like, is there a reason to that. that or help me understand that? Because earlier I was hearing that you would you would after doing too much you feel too tired exhausted like you're breaking down but then sometimes you, oh, you feel okay 
with the lifting session by itself, I feel fine. But when I add basketball on top of that, that's when it starts to become too much for me. Okay. I'm just curious. On the flip side, if you just did basketball only, how do you feel then? I I feel fine. Okay. But it, it's only on days where I do lifting and on top of that basketball. So to answer your question about you feel fine after lifting, um, your question was basically, is it just because I'm young or is something wrong? Like, am I not doing enough for the lifting volume, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, yeah. My answer to you is, actually, what, what do you think before I talk about it? Well, the addition of basketball seems like it's, it's just too much for me on that particular day. I feel like in terms of just doing the uh, lifting by itself, I feel fine. So I think maybe on days where I am lifting, I should exclude basketball and only have basketball as like, or play basketball on my rest days. Yeah, that's pretty much okay. exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, because you're young, you could probably you can handle more recovery. Uh, to, just to draw a comparison for me, uh, I am pretty uh, broken and I'm not resilient. I get injured and tired very easily. So uh, to put my training volume out there right now, I'm doing um, uh, the Beyond Bigger, Leaner, Stronger program by uh, exclamation mark Legion. Oh, wow. Hashtag sponsored by Legion. Um, I'm doing their intermediate training program, which is basically just uh, weekly undulating periodization. That's a fancy way of saying I go months of slowly ramping up volume. And Monday through Friday, I am doing roughly 12 to 16 sets total per day, slightly more upper body focused on arms and shoulders, but still doing um, a little bit of squats, deadlift, and um, bench. I would say just a couple sets of those each per week. So uh, not particularly hard. A lot of accessory lifts. And uh, I w I, I'm in a calorie deficit right now. I am cutting, and I am you know walking four to eight miles per day, roughly. And man, I am freaking beat. I can barely handle this. I'm sleeping nine to 10 hours a night. I'm still waking up like tired and sore and um, wishing I had obviously I wish I had more food because I'm, I'm cutting, but I can barely tolerate this. Any kind of serious cardio would probably just tank me. So you I mean, I, I probably shouldn't be drawing comparisons here because we're just talking about comparisons. But yeah. you know, by comparison, dude, you're doing great. And, and it makes sense because you're younger, you can recover more. So. Um, I think what you're describing is pretty normal that you could probably handle even more weightlifting if you had zero basketball. That does not sound uncommon mm -hmm. to me for um, uh, younger men, you know, like teenage, late teenage or early 20s. So it's going to come down to just understanding what your limits are and kind of learning what you can do and what you can't do. If the basketball stacked on top of weightlifting is too much, you just got to make the decision. Should I cut out some training volume? in order to do the basketball and be able to recover? Or should I cut out the, the basketball and just focus on the weightlifting? That's completely up to you because I see benefits to both. If I were to do the cut out the um, weight, cut out some weightlifting, but do the basketball because your friends are going to be there, you want to hang out with them, I would switch to cutting all the volume, all the sets in half, cutting out perhaps um, some of the later sets of the accessory stuff that may not be necessary and starting off with... Um, 
probably just really focusing on top sets and back offsets, that kind of, that kind of scheme. So that would probably, uh, that would uh, try that out. See if that makes a huge difference. Cause I, I would guess it would make a noticeable difference if you were deadlifting, let's say, uh, you were doing three by three, like 330 pounds is what you said before you're doing, right? Um, something yeah. around there. If you did the first set of 330 for three reps and then just one back off set at like 200 pounds, uh, 250 pounds not high volume just maybe three or five reps just to build up some skill uh it's gonna feel super light and super easy and just do that and see how that uh changes things because the goal would be that the next deadlifting session you didn't lose anything uh you didn't really progress we didn't lose any strength on the next deadlifting session like the week later and also the next day after basketball you feel fine you wake up feeling recovered so what do you think about that yeah i feel like that's something that that sounds suitable and definitely doable and definitely manageable as well. Okay. I'm not, I'm not opposed. All right. And so um, the progress and expectations here, one thing I wanted to touch on is you should expect to lose some strength. You should hopefully be losing weight and you're going to have to um, kind of be dialing things in when people are trying to lose weight. Um, the expectation, there's a lot of, uh, self-shame and, and a lot of negative emotions when it comes to plateauing and, or gaining weight during a cut. Do you experience any of that? Plateauing or yeah. Negative emotions associated with if you plateau on weight loss or if you are even gaining weight. Uh, I would say probably like a few months ago, I kind of did plateau a little bit. And yeah, that negative feeling, like negative emotions did kind of kick in like, oh, you should be losing weight or you should be doing more in order to lose weight. But now I think I broke through that plateau and now I'm starting to lose more weight. When, um, how long was that plateau? I would say probably like two, three weeks. About. Okay. So about two or three weeks plateaued and then eventually the weight kept coming off, right? Yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. Most for uh, most people, I say for the plateaus, if you were losing weight for a while and you have lost a lot of weight already, uh, give yourself at least three or four weeks to see if the plateau resolves itself. So during those uh, couple of weeks, I know it can be hell looking at it looking at the scale and be like why isn't the scale moving i'm doing everything right like i know i'm tracking my food correctly yeah. um it can be hell looking at that but you have to understand like this is the part i wanted to touch on about setting expectations expectations should be set to i if you've already lost a lot of weight like at least 10 percent of your body weight the expectations should be set to i would expect expect plateaus to last up to three or four weeks and that's normal and accept it and that you're not doing anything wrong in that case. Only after three or four weeks, then I wouldn't say beat yourself up, but then I would say, okay, let's like really audit ourselves and zero in, zoom in on what we're doing to make sure it's actually accurate. Am I actually uh, doing enough when it comes to uh, uh, the activity, losing, uh, you know, tracking calories, that kind of stuff? I have a, an infographic I'm going to flash on screen here about um plateauing and this has to do with refeeds so anybody in chat type exclamation mark refeed in the twitch channel 
Uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube or as a podcast, go to twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and uh, type in exclamation mark refeed in the chat and you'll see um, some information about a refeed. This infographic, I will probably link this eventually on there. And I'll probably put it on my Instagram, actually. So if you go to my Tomination at Tomination Time for the Instagram, I'm going to post this. And um, it's just my weight loss plateau troubleshooting. And I'll just describe it out loud, which is basically uh, the first step is if you're plateaued, have you been tracking your calories? Are you tracking food? Do you know how much you're eating? If the answer is no, then start tracking. Give yourself at least four weeks. Okay, you've been tracking fairly strictly for four weeks. Okay, how much, and you're still plateaued. All right, fine. How much weight have you lost from the starting weight? If you're less than 10% down from your body weight, so like let's say you, uh, in Bucks' case, you start at 220, and 10% of that would be about you know 20 pounds. So if you're still less than 20 pounds down from where you started, just continue to decrease calories, increase activity, and track carefully. If you're somewhere between 10 to 20% down, then we got to start asking ourselves, are you way more, hung- are you way, way hungrier? Are you way more fatigued than you first started? Are you way under recovered? That's another way to look at this. You can't handle as much as you used to. If yes, um, you got to start considering doing refeeds. And then you got to ask yourself if you did any diet breaks. Did you do diet breaks where you basically stopped trying to uh, be in a calorie deficit? You had maintenance or more, even a little mini bulk for at least two weeks. Um, because then that'll, that'll change the outcome. So basically, if you're if you're 10 to 20% down, you're getting pretty hungry and you haven't... Um, you haven't taken a diet break, then maybe just one refeed per week. If you have taken a diet break, I'm sorry, if you have taken a diet break, then one refeed per week. If you have not taken a diet break, then you should start refeeding once or twice per week. Or if you're more than 20% down from your body weight, consider refeeding once or twice per week. So um, there's a little bit more edits that need to happen to this infographic, but it will eventually get posted onto the um, to Instagram and uh, in other places. But that's, in a nutshell, some of the expectations for plateauing and how I would handle that if I were you. Um, does that help at all, Bucks? Yeah. One thing that I do want to... I do have a question. Would a cheat meal be considered a refeed day or it how's can. that? It can if you have... They're, they're kind of like a, it's like a Venn diagram. There is overlap between a cheat meal and a refeed day. Um, let's let's uh, change it to cheat day versus refeed day. A cheat day is usually an, an uncontrolled amount of food or calories, unplanned, and kind of just go wild. And so a cheat day is usually going to be at least maintenance calories, sometimes an insane surplus of thousands of calories over your maintenance amount. Now, a cheat... Um, so that's a cheat day. Basically, it could be it could be maintenance. It could be you know super super high calories. A refeed day is a planned and controlled maintenance calorie day, where it's um, the macronutrients are specifically high carb, low 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 fat, and moderate protein or your normal protein. That's a refeed day. So maintenance calories, high carb, moderate protein, low fat, and that's kind of the difference. So if your cheat day. there's some overlap to it if your cheat day is just a moderate surplus a controlled surplus of maybe just a few like you know either zero zero calories over your maintenance or like a thousand calories over your maintenance and it's high carb 
and relatively low fat, there is overlap there and that can be a productive cheat day. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So an example of doing a cheat day wrong would be a pizza day. A big pizza day. I saw that in chat. Someone mentioned pizza day. Um, or, or a lot of pizza. Because pizza is very high fat. And so that's uh, yeah. going to be kind of counterproductive. But if you were to do an all-you-can-eat pancake uh, pancake house, pancakes, for the most part, are mostly just carbs. Plus, if you add syrup, that's more carbs. That's kind of a, yeah. a better focused refeed slash cheat day. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I see. But in terms of diet, I think I'm, I have that decently controlled. Usually on weekends, that's when I do eat a little bit more. But throughout the week, I just stick to my normal diet. But during the weekends, I do eat more, tend to eat more. I guess so, that's considered my refeed day. Yeah. Um, what are you usually eating on those days? On the refeed days or just weekends throughout my normal day? Oh, weekends? Okay. I'm not exactly sure. I I just eat more. So if you're plateauing, I would zoom in on that. Because okay. uh, you know, I I can relate to this one hundred percent because I'm cutting. Um I've been, you know, cutting and bulking. I've been at this enough enough times that um I don't track that much unless I am plateauing and then I'll start zooming in. But I usually know where I'm screwing up and I know where I'm eating too much. And that's going to be typically uh, on the weekends because that's when I'm like hanging out with yeah. Helen. We're going out to restaurants, stuff like that. Um, I like to drink alcohol and I'll, I'll I'll try to time my alcohol more on the weekends. So that's that's worthless calories. I mean, it's, it's fun calories, but it's still not, really not necessary. <coughs> and so... Um, if I'm plateauing, I'm like, uh, all right, fine. I, I really should, you know, get more serious. I start trimming back everywhere. So I start cutting out like the glass of wine per day. It's just, just, you know, carbonated water, uh, for my daily, my daily drink, if you will, carbonated water instead of wine. And then on the weekends, I will, you know, cut back on how much I'm eating. I'll do more intermittent fasting in terms of skipping breakfast or doing much smaller meals and and focusing my calories towards the fun meal of the day, usually dinner on a Friday, Saturday night, where I will be hanging out with my wife, Helen, uh, we're playing games on stream, having some drinks. And so that way it kind of blunts the impact. But I still know that if I'm plateauing for too long, I have to zero in on this and I know the high calorie spots. But I know this from experience. People who don't have the experience with that and they don't, they're not really sure and if you're plateauing, uh, I would definitely look at the weekends, which it sounds like on the weekends, Bucks, that's that's the, um, aha, that's, there's your problem. And start tracking that more carefully. Um, okay. Do you think that would help? Yeah, I definitely do think that would help. Especially because I don't think I know how to do a proper refeed day. So me just eating whatever I kind of want on the weekend is probably not a good idea. So let me ask you, are there any parameters to you eating on the weekend in terms of you have to do a family meal? You're always going out with friends on a Saturday night, that kind of stuff? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of situational. If like my family has like dinner plans or friends want to go out then it's kind of situational. So normally with 
whenever I go out with friends, I we typically have Korean barbecue. So that has a lot of meat in it, mm-hmm. a lot of protein. And in terms of family dinners, it's typically whatever what my parents want to cook. Because on a uh, typical weekend, family dinner weekend, they always they they actually started to do something new, which is like cook new and different types of foods. So that is that is a lot of uncertainty on what I'm going to eat that day. So for family dinners, I really don't know what we're going to eat. Okay. But so in terms of but in terms of like going out with friends, it's almost always going to be Korean barbecue. Is it all you can eat too? Yeah. Yeah, all you can the eat. best. Oh man, I love it. So, uh my suggestion is if you're going to do that, the productive way to turn those meals into um basically an impromptu refeed day, or at least try to steer it towards that direction would be to focus on carving up and choosing lower fat options. So Korean barbecue, I'm also a huge fan, Korean barbecue, all you can eat. Um, So on those days, I would intermittent fast as much as possible and save all your calories for the all you can eat and enjoy yourself. But while you're doing that, I would focus on um, carving up a bit. So like the, the Korean side dishes, um, like uh, what are the high carb Korean uh, side dishes? Uh, rice, if there is rice. Uh, duck, the rice paper. That's basically carbs. Uh, I love duck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also um, I don't know if you do the potatoes. The potato salad is it actually depends what's in it, but that's generally carby. Uh, were you gonna say yeah. something? I mean, certain. I'm I'm pretty sure all, like all the Korean barbecue restaurants that I do go to always has rice, and so I guess I could just load up on rice yeah i would i would i would include more rice um there is the uh what else for the carby stuff i was gonna say something else um i, I forgot but uh the vegetables too right all the side dishes oh samjang do you like samjang the soybean paste oh uh, yeah yeah samjang is like pure carbs man i love samjang okay. So sanjang with the duck, the rice paper. So you got soybean paste with the meat and the rice paper. That's just carbs on top of the meat. And then choose the lower fat stuff. So like the pork belly, the beef belly, I would probably stay away from, from those for the most part. We still enjoy it, but I would load up on the uh, leaner meats, which, you know, come to think of it, I'm not sure what lean meats. Um, I mean, like most, because what, what do you don't usually get? Like pork, uh, you know, pork and beef. Yeah, pork, beef, sometimes chicken. Yeah, but who? I mean, it's Korean barbecue. Come on, who who gets the chicken at Korean barbecue, right? Yeah, that's who's that's that true, who, that's who's true. that guy who's ordering chicken? That's all you can eat Korean barbecue. <laughs> but but you're right though. Chicken jokes aside, chicken is going to be leaner. Um, but I wouldn't punish yourself with chicken and like suffer. Uh, you still enjoy it. Yeah. Just change up which ones you're getting a little bit and make it still enjoyable. I think brisket, depending on the cut, can be a little bit leaner. Um, if they have like sirloin steak and you just cut off the fat when you're ready to eat it, that those are those are examples of how to do it. Bulgogi, I can't remember. Bulgogi is like the marinated meat. I've you know I've never seen bulgogi when it's pre-marinated, so I actually don't know how fatty it is. Do you do you have any idea how fatty bulgogi is? No, I don't. I think depending like depending on I guess the restaurant. Some restaurants use a certain cut cut of meat. 
and some other some restaurants if they're cheap or like yeah if they're cheap depending on how good the restaurant is sometimes they use a certain cut of meat and some other restaurants use a different cut of meat so that kind of depends i see so um just is something to pay a little bit of attention to to see generally what meats do you enjoy that are leaner and just try to target those uh also i would say for um the side dishes, uh, don't forget also like kimchi and the, the the pickled cucumbers. I love those. Those are practically zero calories. Tastes great, right? So you load up on that stuff. Um, and that's kind of it. Like the dipping, if you ever dip it, I would avoid dipping it in the sesame oil. You know, I'm not sure if you do that, but like dip it in like the hot sauce okay. or the, the soy sauce, for example, if you do it in, in a dipping. So those are, those are basically zero calorie sauces versus the oil, which would be super fatty. So this is a way to enjoy your uh korean barbecue meal and minimize the progress and kind of make it uh, or minimize the hindrance on your progress and still make it enjoyable um same with eating with your family if they cook whatever just try to identify just just learn where where are the starchy carbs where where are the non-starchy carbs like just vegetables the fruits that kind of stuff where are like the high the high fat um pieces of food because again the goal for a refeed is try to minimize fat and increase carbs Um, someone else was asking in chat about the uh, why I mentioned carbonated water earlier. Uh, for me personally, at the end of a day, I like to have some sort of enjoyable drink. It's just kind of like a habit or a ritual for me. And so if it's non-alcohol, because um, I like to have like a drink at the end of the day, like when I'm done working, so I just relax hard. Uh, I, I work hard so that I relax hard at the end of the day. Um, and if it's not uh, like a glass of wine or a beer or something like that, then I like to have um, something kind of fun. So just a, a carbonated water is kind of fun for my palate to just sip on it because it's sparkly, has a little bit of flavor, and it's also filling. Carbonated water is filling because it's zero calories, and it creates pressure because of the gas. fills up the stomach a little bit, so that's why I choose that. Um, anyway, what other uh, questions do you have or comments or thoughts about anything? Uh, for the refeed, is there any reason why you want a more high-carb High, high carb intake versus like protein or anything else yes carbs is uh, uh in exclamation mark refeed or tomnationtime.com slash refeed i kind of go over the science behind it a little bit which is carbs are going to be the most productive thing in the short term to help offset the impacts of long-term weight loss so as we lose weight there's there's basically two there's a lot of hormones involved but two of the main hormones i'm going to focus on is um leptin and insulin so leptin is kind of a long-term hormone that measures overall energy status over the course of months or years where uh high leptin signals high energy status and it tells the body we are not going to starve to death everything's good let's keep going when leptin goes down or when we've been losing weight for a long period of time or been a calorie deficit for a long period of time leptin starts to go down to signal to the body hey energy status is low Let's start dialing things back. We might be going to a period of starvation or, or famine. Let's reduce. Uh, let's start reducing activity. Let's start reducing drive, uh, energy, motivation to do more exercise. Let's start getting lazier. It starts signaling to the brain. We got to start conserving energy wherever we can. And so this hits people where they start getting way hungrier than usual. They start getting way more fatigued than usual. Their exercise sucks. Their quality of exercise sucks. All that stuff. So that's a sign of leptin. Um going down and sometimes we want to uh uh bring that back up is, is everything okay on your end by the way 
Yeah, my mom just popped in, but okay. I think everything should be fine. Okay, I was just uh, curious if, if there's any time constraints, then just let me know. Um, but uh, leptin, one way we can spike leptin or bring it back up. So, so bringing up leptin again is a way to kind of stave off those impacts of uh long-term weight loss where you start to get hungrier brain fog all that stuff so one way to spike leptin and bring it back up is through refeeds refeeds a carbohydrate status it spikes uh it's one of the best ways to bring up insulin and that is one of the best ways to signal to leptin that hey we're actually not starving to death we're gonna be okay and so carbohydrates a high carb day such as a refeed day is one way to do this now i i do want to emphasize um the science is not it's only weekly supportive that high carb days like refeed days will offset leptin and kind of reset it. It is temporary. It doesn't last that long. So I, I do want to point that out that because some people who know the science on, on, on refeeds and leptins, uh, I will say that refeeds have been over marketed, over hyped in terms of its ability to bring up leptin. It does bring up leptin, but it's not like it's not life changing. However, I do think there's additional benefits to the high carb days, which is replenishes glycogen. If you are deep carb depleted because you're pushing hard with basketball cardio and you're pushing hard with weightlifting on a regular basis on a calorie deficit, you could probably use um, some carb. You might be carb depleted and could really use re the refueling from the carbs. And so a lot of times we'll feel the day after the refeed. We're gonna, it's going to feel magical. You feel so much better, so much higher energy, and your lifts, your performance across the board is going to be so much better. And of course, it'll start to dip again after um, you know a couple of days have passed from the refeed. And the third last thing is, man, psychologically, it can feel so damn good to be stuffed, especially stuffed on carbs. So I don't know the mechanisms in place, and I, I hypothesize there are mechanisms going on that we don't know yet where we by stuffing ourselves is signaling to the body to um rest relax enjoy we're going to be okay and kind of offset some of this again that's just my hypothesis i don't think there's been any clear studies uh showing this but in, in, in my coaching experience in my personal experience man refeeds are psychologically wonderful if you hit 400 grams of carbs in a day after being a prolonged deficit you feel so good like try it sometime. Try it to actually plan out the refeed day where you actually track the food ahead of time. You plan out how many carbs you're going to have and try to hit like 400 plus carbs, 400 grams of carbs or more, like 500 grams of carbs. You are stuffed out of your mind and man, it's so, it feels so good. Honestly, I, I don't think I could eat that much because going on like a intermittent fasting kind of just like shrunk my stomach. So... It's actually harder to like eat a lot of eat that much food for me, at least. And and that feeling of stuffing yourself on carbs, try it out and see how you feel. Report back, please. See if it actually does make that okay. kind of difference and you feel it. Because um, whenever I do refeeds, I could kind of use one these days. But whenever I do that, it is, man, it does feel magical when I when I plan it out. Because I'm doing like pancakes with syrup. I do like a protein shake with like pancakes and syrup in the morning. And then um, lunch would be like a rice-based dish. Or like I'll, I'll do like chili with a lot of potatoes, extra potatoes. And then dinner would be, um, I don't know, I'm having brain fog right now because I'm also cutting. And so, so like cutting brain is real. But it's basically super carby. I, I you know, like extra fruit, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Sounds anyway. good. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, what other uh, questions or, or comments, thoughts? I, I don't think I have too much on it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay. All right, man. Um, anyone in chat have any uh, questions or comments for Bucks before we wrap up? Is this where I can look at chat now? Yes, yes. Go ahead. Um, okay. Shintarian says, I don't want to ask uh, Bucks anything. I just want to say he is awesome and he is and should give himself a break. He more than deserves it. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Bucks, do you have any, um, closing thoughts or anything you want to plug? Are you streaming? I've seen you stream sometimes. Yeah, I, I do stream. I mainly stream for friends, but anyone else is welcome to join. My Twitch is twitch.tv slash Bucks Bunny with three N's. So I try B to get two N's, but it's, oh, it's B -U -X. Oh, wait, 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 really? Oh yeah, you're right. It is yeah, three. three. Okay, so let me do it again. B U X B U N N N I. Three N's. Yeah. Okay, it's gotta make sure I type, I, I got it right. And if anyone's watching the video, you can see um, his name right below there in the Q and A box. So awesome, Bucks buddy, gonna shoot you a follow now, and come heckle Thank you during you. your streams. I mean, I mean, say hi during your streams. <laughs> So um, yeah, I mainly play Valorant and Apex Legends. So you're gonna see me playing those most of the time. Nice. Well, I'll be sure to stop by. So uh, that's uh, I guess that wraps up everything. So Bucks, yep. thanks for coming by, man. Appreciate you opening up and sharing yeah. all this. I hope this was helpful. Yeah, it was. It got a lot of good insight onto like dieting and working out that I didn't even think of. So yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you help me uh, before we go? Can you help us understand what was what in particular stood out to you and or was helpful or your takeaways? Um, normally, I have I feel like my workouts are kind of are pretty much the same. The only thing that changes is the weight. I didn't really think of having like a top set and backing off having like a set um, the rest of the sets where I back off to a lower weight or. In terms of diet, I didn't think about like I knew like I knew you talk about refeed days, but I really didn't know how to properly do a refeed day. But now I know how to. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. And one more thing on the Korean barbecue thing is it's 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 inevitable. Like your fat is gonna blow out. Like you're gonna have way more fat yeah. than you probably want. Like an ideal refeed day would be like less than forty grams of fat. Like 20 or 20 grams of fat or less would be like the ideal refeed day, which is almost impossible to do, uh, practically speaking. And so on a all you can eat Korean barbecue day, dude, your your fat's probably gonna be like 50, 100 grams easily, which is a bit much. But yeah, uh, at least you can hopefully carve up a bit and that can um, yeah. uh, at least get some of the benefits there. So, OK. All right, Bucks. Thanks again uh, for all coming right. by and have a good one. All right. Thanks for having me. If this podcast earned it, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. We're new to the podcast space and we will be reading all the feedback. Also, if you like the content, follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and keep notifications on for when we go live. Feed your brain, feed your body, and we'll see you next time.